0: Welcome back to the Orion Report. Tonight I'm going to read another article from the website www.urionism.com. It's under the General tab and it's called The Will to Faith. The Will to Faith, A Pragmatic Approach The Cynic says, How can you believe in all that BS? The Orion responds, Because I choose to. The Cynic complains, it's all nonsense the Orion replies its meaning and hope natural instincts natural law belief is not truth stripping away all that is hoped for and desired looking strictly at empirical facts beliefs are little better than daydreams or fantasies myths and legends Indeed, in a purely humanistic sense, ideas of right and wrong are just human inventions, cultural opinions. Only nature itself, natural law, has any grounding in material facts. That is to say, animal needs and instincts, the will to survive and thrive in the face of elemental challenges that nature presents us with, and the imperatives that are embedded in the meat suits we wear and the meat brains in which we seem to exist, the housing or filter of consciousness. From earliest history, people, human beings, have been innately spiritual, indeed religiously spiritual, ritualistic, dogmatic, perhaps as a way to cope with the harsh realities, the anxiety and the despair that is so inherent in just living, the fear of the night and of the unknown, especially the constant threat of death from a million different dangers. It is this abstract quality of our makeup, intermingled with our abilities to plan, dream, and hope for unproven and invisible outcomes or realities that sets us apart from other animals. Conscience and self-consciousness are uniquely human, or at least it would seem so if only superficially. Naturally, we, as animals, seek food and water, shelter and warmth, safety, and also to breed upward. It is entirely normative and natural for men and women to seek to procreate with the best mates they can find, smartest, strongest, best-looking, or healthy, and to trade upward whenever such an opportunity presents itself. As we are predatory, having many things in common with lions and wolves, It is our nature to form into prides, packs, clans and tribes. And it is also our nature to conflict, compete and expand territory, acquire and control resources. Is this good or do I approve of it? Of course it isn't good. It's nature, which does not care about morality or fairness. For me, love and loyalty are most important. But for nature, survival of the species is paramount. From a purely naturalistic point of view, many things, now considered politically incorrect, are rooted in natural animal instincts and the pack or herd mentality. Tribalism is innate. Hierarchy is innate. Many of the issues of modern society and degeneration of human civilization, especially in the West, Arise from going against our animal nature, the natural laws and wills written into our very cellular and genetic drive. Political correctness is in fact social self-sabotage, at least in a natural sense. For the altruistic thing is not always what is healthy or wise for one's people, tribe or nation, as compassion itself can be a self-destructive trait casting one into the role of a victim, and often leading to subjugation and oppression of the kind by the cruel, the meek by the bold. Kill or be killed, dog-eat-dog, survival of the fittest, or survival of the most adaptable and cunning. Indeed, I would submit that manipulation of systems and people by beggary is survival-based. The weak must, by necessity, employ techniques to evoke pity and sympathy in order to survive, and it is normative to seek to survive, and indeed to thrive. Human animals are by nature hoarders, stockpilers, gatherers, like chipmunks, squirrels, or rats. Many mental aberrations found within human beings arise from the desperation to fulfill natural urges and satisfy instinctual drives. Morality and moral codes stifle and oppress the animal nature within us all, and lead many souls to unhappiness. Yet the opposite is also true, that giving full rein to the bestial impulses, forsaking our capacity for moral reasoning and self-control, is the path to the demonic or anti-natural angels and demons within us there are ever two voices whether supernatural or merely subconscious aspects of the mind competing for control of our souls personalities one moves us toward degeneration depravity vanity avarice apathy and general self-destruction social decay greed perversion deviance from the natural course and laws thereof creating aberration and abnormality, abomination. Normality, in the sense of established norms, set into place across cultures and times from human antiquity, are generally rooted in what is natural and, however anti-altruistic, still necessary to the survival of the species, if in a virus-like collective manifestation. The other voice that speaks within us is often referred to as the angels of our better nature. This is the voice of selflessness, self-sacrifice, compassion, love, as well as intellectualism and reason. It urges us to overcome, even deny and gain mastery over our lower, bestial nature, to deprive ourselves of comfort that we might become more than mere animals, more than our programming. Self-discipline, law, Order, morality, the common good, and notions of freedom and justice, these flow from the angels of our better nature. The light and the shadow war with one another, to move the tribes and nations toward transcendence or the abyss. Yet these can be considered nothing more than aspects of the human condition. Conscience versus appetites, super ego versus the id slash shadow. THE GOD OF NATURE If God created nature, an intelligent designer or guiding mind, then in nature we see the creator's personality. Yet the scriptures refer to the devil as the lord of the world. In what I say, imagine rather the horned one of Wicca, or Pan, the default lord of nature and of natural visceral man. This was in truth the very crux of the Gnostic problem that nature with all its cruelty and selfishness seemed to lack conscience or compassion and in their view could not have been created by a good deity the demon gods of civilized humanity we know these by now whether as mere ideas or archetypes or actual etheric, astral entities or both these idols of humanity are long-standing though wearing many names and masks across time and culture. War, lust, hatred, fear, greed, vanity, sensuality, artifice crafts and arts, sports and rivalry, death and darkness, etc. We might say in some sense the idols of nature are commandeered and transformed by civilized humans, taken to warped extremes, perverted into vulgar mockeries of the natural traits embedded in the human matrix. God of Spirit Christ in the traditional idea of a childless asexual non-materialistic homeless street preacher claiming to be the son of the highest God in the flesh and teaching people to live for eternity rather than the material life most reflects this ideal and was certainly antithetical to the God of nature teaching us to forsake the flesh forsake the world live to die and reach eternity Face evil and never be silenced in opposing the ways of the wicked world, even when fed to lions. This goes completely against the natural mindset. Indeed, every prophet of the one god of the monotheistic religions, generally and even of Eastern philosophy, could be said to be anti-material, anti-natural, ever teaching humans to rise above, let go of and seek purity of thought, words, and actions, attachment in this transcendence all things being equal the choices every devout urian will eventually face a person who tries to talk them into another set of beliefs or out of belief altogether pragmatically believing that one religion is superior to another is like believing one imaginary friend is superior to another and yet In truth, there are imaginary friends that are better than others, and some are more real than others. Indeed, if you believe enough, I dare say, your imaginary friend might well become real on some level. Still, anyone arguing that their complicated, sordid mess of a religion is superior to yours is arguing that their mythological fantasy is the only true mythological fantasy. Do I actually believe that all religions are a mythological fantasy? No, of course not. Yet all are a belief and a choice, and cannot be superior save by the fruits they bear. I would also say that religions that have many variations and interpretations, sex, thereby, decrease their own validity as a best guess. Moving on. Every religion whether social political or spiritual is an idea a package of ideas forming an ideology that when implemented in one's life or on a broader scale in society bring about good or ill outcomes usually both in different degrees our belief is that all paths lead to an eternal outcome every ideology worldview is a psychic spiritual entity Ephesians 6:12. And Daniel 10, 12 through 14. Every thought package will have pros and cons, rarely in equal measure. And individuals should weigh whether or not they can truly get behind and believe in the vision that various ideologies propose, and whether you can live with those outcomes. Look at the promises and goals of each religion, whether secular or spiritual, and try to see the domino effects. Contemplate the effects on your consciousness, soul, spirit, and upon the spirits and souls of others in the future. All things being equal, all spiritual, psychical religions being equal, all ideologies being mere human inventions from a strictly pragmatic, non-faith point of view, what do you want to be true for you? Or what worldview or vision is worth living and dying for? In example, I could not throw myself into or in any way support a teaching that tells me that I must live 10,000 perfect lives, monkish lives, in order to even hope to achieve non-existence. That I will be erased over and over again, reincarnated thousands of times, maybe forever, unless I sit around chanting Om and being of no actual earthly good at all to anyone. Moreover, that I must sit chanting even while animals and people suffer in front of me and say nothing, because that's their karma. Such seems insane. And if true, the universe is also insanely oppressive. In the same vein, believing that life has no meaning, that there is no ultimate justice, only oblivion, and furthermore, that we will never see our loved ones again, that everything we were and are or will be is doomed to nothingness makes me queasy even to contemplate what kind of society would this hopeless and unimaginative ideology of despair create oh yeah horror oppression torture forced labor reeducation camps and mass murder ergo communism what a thing to devote one's life to such an abysmal and hellish world vision. Believing in nothing is like throwing all hope and meaning into a black hole and living happily ever after without them. It must be said, however, that the intelligent design advocates can and have made very powerful and profound arguments for the existence of God. Nothing or noncommittal Both are a choice. Invest nothing, hope for nothing. Promote nothingness. You will get nothing and nothingness. Perhaps such unfaith is a more rapid path to reincarnation. Yet, it's your choice. All things being equal, you can choose to have hope, to put your heart and mind and will into believing that life has meaning, that there is justice someday, that there is value in trying to be a halfway decent person, that there is a happily ever after, that you will see your loved ones again in a good place, that there is right and wrong, handed down from a superbeing is far wiser and more powerful than all the wise ones and rulers who have ever lived. Or you can choose not to. Indeed, is it not preferable to believe that marriage should last a lifetime? even believe in eternal love, than not to? Is it not preferable to believe that someone, something, has your back, always, rather than the opposite? When seeing all the horrors and injustices of the world, is it not preferable to hope that someday, somehow, it will all work out, and that there will be a reckoning in the end? It's a choice, the will to faith or the will to have none yet you can also choose to invest your thoughts words will and works into the anti the dark side and its demonic idols archetypes or entities with darkness as your desired outcome anti-transcendence into a horrific demonic transformation your goal many people do choose this and more so in the current era nature's promises are dust and ashes without apology. Reincarnation is nature's machine in truth. Animals wander and then return, slowly working their way upward, or so Uriel taught us. Nature's gods, the elders, love nature, serve nature, call humans to be natural and in harmony therewith. So be it, it's a choice and perhaps the most natural one. In such a path, Depart thou from among the civilized masses. Make your ways in wilderness abodes. Make your friendship offerings to spirits of earth and sky, water and flame, beasts and trees, the gods of nature, and sing to them in offering all your love and praise. In death, lingering, a presence in that place, you may well become one of the fey souls of the Middle Plains though in likelihood return again in due cycles and seasons. Orionism, oh yes, I will make my plug. Not for fortune, fame, nor vain glory, but for want of pleasing God and freeing souls. We are not asked to wait around for someone to come from the sky and save us, transform this world into a paradise. We are asked to manifest it, or at least work toward it, whatever small or great manner we might achieve we are not told that we will go to paradise but rather by a personal relationship with the source mind spirit God God with us having respect for the hierarchy and through individuation and self-realization that we shall walk with angels and among the immortal princes of the Most High eternity the infinite itself open before us universes beyond numbering indeed in due course to master jacob's ladder itself to climb up and down at will as transmorphic beings no more amnesia no more merry-go-round madness it is a hard path asking much and much of that all alone we forsake not jesus neither the prophets of monotheism overall but we seek the spirit behind all the masks and must come to realize that it is as personal as the breath you are breathing its eyes look out from within you ultimately present at all times and in all places here and now we struggle for the kingdom of God to transfigure the world from mundane to miraculous from a trap to a ladder indeed what else would faithful children of the Most High do in whatever world they find themselves in already real and actual immortals walk among humankind unrecognized and reach out subtly to those who endeavor to achieve such ends is being an immortal spirit being going to be a cakewalk or an easy road to haul nope but you'll be you and continue to grow and improve Walk among the many races awakened and in guises, in our universe or beyond it. Such is the Orion dream, the vision, the ideal. It is the spirit thereof, and a choice, however grandiose or aspirational. Is it true? I choose to believe that it is. I can see the alternatives, the other paths that might be chosen, but this is the path I choose because it is grand and aspirational. I choose to reject death and repetition, oblivion and hell. I choose to reach upward from the sea of dreams, toward the hand reaching back from the realms of the eternal real. Give yourself completely to whatever path you choose. For to do otherwise is spiritual whoredom, the way of diseased souls. Proof, Best Evidence In closing, in brief, there are a million gurus and wannabe prophets out there with all kinds of offerings, from aliens to ancient gods, and claims of being Jesus himself. Religions and philosophies aside, the best way to seek truth is to seek experience. The things I speak are based in experiences, sometimes witnessed, most of the time personal. As of late, you can find some validatory documentation on my YouTube channel. And such things have always been a part of our walk. Phenomenon, synchronicity, the supernatural, and the paranormal. Still, all best guesses aside, if you want to know more about spiritual truth, you must seek experiences of it, but also look at testimonials of those who've been there and back witnesses not storytellers how to have experiences do the seven devotions passionately every day over the long haul and work the teachings really do them for non-urions seek out charismatic forms of religion that is to say passionate spirit filled sex as zeal in worship tends to be a road to experience study near-death experiences the positive and the negative ones, as these reveal actual glimpses, yet understand that not all NDEs are real, but an attempt to gain clout in order to have influence, ergo made up. Study documented ayahuasca DMT experiences, or better yet, have the experiences yourselves. Go to sweat lodges, legitimate native lodges, but beware of frauds, which can be unsafe. If you can afford it, undergo the process of Jungian analysis, which is a guided path of individuation. Work to study and train to astral project and remote view. Hard, takes time, practice, but can be done. Thurgy, Solomonic magic. Angel magic, Enochian magic, the art of Abramelin, are god-angel-centered. Thurgy is to draw upon divine power and to seek to commune with angelic intelligences. Investigate the paranormal and the metaphysical with a serious-minded paranormal group, or form your own paranormal group. Focus not only on finding proof and having experiences, but on banishment exorcism, and soul rescue, a.k.a. sending them to the light. For learning purposes, attend and observe, neutrally, the various sects and religions of monotheism. There is power in the most passionate congregations. Go from church to church, mosque to synagogue, but try not to get caught up or lured into any one of them, so much as just learning about each one you will, with mere zealous devotion and by working the Orion system of training, have direct experiences. After you have studied and worked the basic system in the IA, only then seek out the ayahuasca, the sweat lodges, or something like Jungian education therapy. After that, then work on mastering things like astral projection and thergy. Only in living your faith will you attain the tangible benefits thereof. Or, as the scriptures say, James 2, 14, faith without works is dead. Even political, ideological religions are more rewarding when one truly participates and is passionately involved in the cause. If you don't work Urianism or any other religious or mystical system, it will not work for you. And that's the article, and that concludes tonight's podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. God bless you, and I hope to see you the next time.